Gideon just turned one. Yeah. It's exciting. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, and yeah, I can't believe it. Already, it's already been a year because I just like feel like I was like breastfeeding and like pumping at your birth and yes. like pregnant and it just went by really quick. So um, fast. But it's exciting. I love it. I'm enjoying it. Even though like people are like, oh, it's so sad. And like when they get older and grow up. But True. I like am really enjoying it. So Each new stage comes with its own excitements mm-hmm. and just new things to experience. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'd agree. It yeah. is the, I think you didn't even, or you had just had him when I learned about you mm-hmm. and a, you being a doula. Yeah. Uh, so I found you through your dad's chiropractic office, Craig and I, well, I actually initiated going there because I started having really bad sciatic pain mm-hmm. and Craig had gone to your dad as a child, but never went as an adult to the chiropractor. So Mm -hmm. I knew of his practice and I was like, I need to go. Like, I need to figure this out because I'm in so much pain. I'm so uncomfortable. I think I was, what, seven-ish months by then? No, maybe six. Something like that, give or take. Yeah, somewhere around (laughs) there. I can't remember. (laughs) That's okay. And um, so I, I came to the office and it wasn't even until I was there a few times that your dad mentioned oh you know Emily my daughter she's a doula and I I had heard of a doula before but I had no idea what exactly that meant so he was like reach out to her I think she would be really great and before meeting you and learning about what you what you know and what you can help with Mm -hmm. we were kind of going into the whole birth thing blind I was like I I was afraid of it I was Mm -hmm. afraid of giving birth I was afraid of the unknown, of not knowing what to expect. It was, you know, our first child. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to not think about it. I was just going to let it happen and figure it out as it came. But the more that Craig and I both started reading and looking into it, uh, we learned that there's a lot of things that you should be prepared for Mm -hmm. because there's decision in in birth and, and labor. And they don't really tell you that. Yeah. In all of your appointments leading up to it. So it's just kind of like you go with the flow, but you're going with their flow and not yes. like anything that that, you know, and unless you do the work and and try to figure it out and right. understand it. But And then if you do, like I had no idea anything. So I was just going along with whatever they told me and yeah. with the process. And so, yeah, we we met you and you kind of changed our whole thought process just a different way to view things and mm-hmm. understanding that we have choices we can make our birth whatever we want yeah and yeah i just think like everybody should know more about it and mm-hmm. yeah i just want you to tell everybody <laughs> about it and let them know what you know what, yeah what a doula has to offer so for sure oh by the way this is emily Hi. Emily Fry. She, I'm waving. Yeah. <laughs> hey. All my fans. Uh, she was my doula. Uh, she still is a doula, but uh, yeah, she's here to talk about what her, pra- I guess, practice. Yeah. Is that what you'd call I guess, it? I yeah. don't know. Just doula Expertise. Work. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a, it's a hot. A hobby, but also a passion, but also Definitely. work, but yeah. all of that good stuff mixed in together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been a doula for, it'll be my fifth year. Um, 
and I just love it. I was really called to it since I was younger, seeing my mom's home births. Um, I witnessed and was a part of that, like cutting my sister's cord, and that kind of like planted the seed, I think, because I've always been like interested or like midwifery care, birth, that was like always in the back of my mind. Um, But when I was older, and after I had my first son, I really started like looking into midwifery, what doulas are more, um, and ended up taking like the doula route. So ever since then, it's been a learning process um, and just like growing and learning in it. But yeah, I think everyone, everyone doesn't need a doula, but everyone needs to be supported. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a doula, whether that's a friend, whether that's a spouse, whatever that looks like. Um, but everyone needs some type of support. So that's where I come in if that support's needed and try to, like, meet people where they're at. Like, I was just trying to meet you guys where you were at and mm-hmm. wanting to learn. And you guys were so open-minded and just kind of... Which helps. Yeah. yeah. You have to be open-minded because um, the way that I think society and birth is looked at um, is from a strong medical perspective um, with, I think, like 2% or less having home births. So a lot. Really? Yeah. And then and the rate has gone up since COVID. Um, okay. But that, make, that makes sense. It's still very, very low. Um, yeah, which makes sense because people weren't allowed to have their husbands mm-hmm. with them when they're having a baby, which is just. Not even their husbands? Yeah. There were some people who husbands weren't even, even with them. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to. I remember Craig's grandmother saying when she, well, her, I think she had a C-section though, but yeah, her husband, Craig's grandfather was not allowed to be with her while she gave birth. And I just couldn't even imagine. Just be, be alone. Yeah. Figure it out. (laughs) Have nobody there for you. No, just do it by yourself. And it's really, you'd have to like do a lot of research, but if you look back, even like our grandmothers and grandparents the way that they gave birth then was so abusive and what they did and it's just absolutely mind-blowing like Mm -hmm. it's inhumane the way that births were back then and they almost used it from stories that i've heard they almost used each experience as educational purposes Mm -hmm. for everybody to like you were like a guinea pig yeah Essentially. For people to learn from. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them I feel like were, yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's crazy, but. Come a long way. Yeah. And we still. Coming a long way. Coming a long way. There's a, there's a lot, a lot to, to improve, I think, in the system, but um, yeah, things are, things are changing and hopefully there's a shift. Yes. Continuing. I think we are just becoming more empowered and there's just so much more information out there too. Mm -hmm. And more people like yourself, I feel like, are coming out mm-hmm. to talk about a different perspective. Yeah. And that's where, like, I'll let everyone know, I come from a perspective of um, really just a natural mind. Um, I don't engage with the medical system at all unless I think that it's necessary. There's mm-hmm. a time and a place for it. Um, but I think it's so overused and abused and it's just not necessary. So I come from a perspective of natural living, natural healing. Um, The body was designed to create, sustain life, and women were designed to have babies. And 
I think if you trust the body and trust your baby, um, that's the biggest thing in birth. So coming from that perspective and not um, outsourcing your own like innate intelligence, your own intuition mm-hmm. and like your God-given ability to mm-hmm. discern things. Um, so I'm not like a feminist or anything like that, but I try to like be more feminine, I guess. Yeah. And like, well, it is. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah. I mean, our bodies were literally designed to do this. So right. you got to trust it. And yeah. I feel like anymore, you just, we're just more afraid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I was reading one of the books that you had recommended and it talked about how like we all just forget, like nobody wants to talk about it, but mm-hmm. birth is painful. It's, it's going to be, I mean, maybe some people are lucky it's not, but mm-hmm. everybody, that's just a known thing. I think part of a story in the book that I read talked about, and I don't know what country it was, but they prepare girls to know that birth is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. So that way when it comes, they just know that they have to endure it. Yeah. And it is painful. It's freaking painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing with birth is it's the only type of productive, like sensations that are painful or uncomfortable or not feeling the best um, that are productive like you're not gonna have pain when you like break your arm or stub your toe that's going to be productive and result in anything productive Mm -hmm. other than like the body trying to heal itself but when you have those pains those sensations during childbirth they're there for a reason to be productive and to have a baby um so it's the only type of of productive pain that you're going to experience which i think is kind of cool yeah i remember you telling me that and i was like whoa i never thought of it that way but the end result yeah you have a baby yeah (laughs) it's like you're working for it right so can you explain what a doula is yeah um for those that might not know (laughs) yeah sure so a doula um There's a lot of different perspectives on it, essentially, but uh, a doula is someone that supports women throughout. um, It can be a birth doula, I guess, throughout pregnancy. um, They're with them through labor, delivery, and postpartum. So there's different types of doulas. There's birth doulas. There's fertility doulas. There are postpartum doulas. Um, So I do um, birth dueling. So I support women throughout pregnancy. Um, and I think education is a huge part of that for women to understand the birth process, how your body works. Um, so you're able to support that and feel confident in your body and pregnancy, um, and throughout labor. So I'm with women. Um, I meet with them. We go over, we can go over birth plans. We can go over comfort techniques, um, how to cope with labor, things like that, Um, mental barriers, just meeting them where they're at. And when labor comes, um, supporting them physically, emotionally through labor, whether that's hands-on, massage, or different positions, walking with them, talking with them, or just being a present person in the room, um, just being a peaceful person to be there with them. Which um, you are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> like, you just, even before, like, when I met you the first time, there was just this aura about you that just yeah. brought me peace and comfort. Oh, and that thanks. alone was so helpful because, you know, Craig, as a first-time dad, he had no idea what to expect or mm-hmm. 
how to help me. So I think just having you there, like you just kind of know the things to say and do. And I don't know, it's just something like I remember when I called you when I was in labor, just you mm-hmm. talking to me on the phone, like brought me back down to earth and calmed uh-huh. me down and just, I don't know, it was yeah. just something. That, so I think this really was your calling because yeah. you you kind of have to be this yeah. calming, soothing person, like yeah. your personality. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like I really try to have a servant's heart with it because I'm there to serve you like I'm there to serve you and what you need and what's going on in your labor and birth um so I try to do that and I really feel like God's put that on my heart so I I appreciate the feedback that just kind of solidifies more of what I'm doing and yeah for sure love to hear that so um yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're doing great (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like when we're in labor you're doing great keep going (laughs) yeah and it's it's just crazy how to you can you really can prepare yourself as much and it's important to mm-hmm. but nothing prepares you than whenever you're actually in the experience and mm-hmm. uh experiencing it yourself for the first time and i feel like even if you've had multiple children each pregnancy is going to be different each birth is going to be different so yeah, yeah you just kind of have to take each one as its own experience yeah definitely and that's like when i meet with women a lot of times there's all these different questions i'm like well and like i know you probably know because we talked but like yeah well this is pretty typical but everyone's different i don't know there's no like crystal ball magical answer Um, but we want that yeah we (laughs) we want like that and that's where i think the whole trust trusting your Mm -hmm. body trusting your baby comes back back full circle but yeah that everyone is different every birth is different every pregnancy is different so. yeah I remember just hearing you say that like trusting your body you told me yeah if you just were in a field somewhere your body it would happen whether you told me whether you're there or not <laughs> you're gonna have this baby and I was like that's true yeah he's yeah. gonna come out he's gonna come out he's not gonna stay in there forever <laughs> one way or another I don't know Gideon he really seemed like he was gonna stay in there for he, yeah, yeah. I I thought he was, and because your technical due date mm-hmm. and yeah, that's I, a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I can. Do you want me to talk about? Yeah, that? sure. So I'll kind of like backtrack a little. Yeah. Um, so Gideon is my second um, baby. Um, my first was born nine about nine years before him and he was by a cesarean Mm -hmm. uh, because he was breached i was what 20 at the time and i didn't know what i know now about birth so totally different experiences um but i believe that everything's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. the way it is um there's a reason for it all but yeah so gideon with my husband we got i got pregnant not we (laughs) um and before I got pregnant, I was having a hard time conceiving. So we were married for about two years, and our journey, like, trying to conceive was hard. I did have a miscarriage, I think, like, six months or so or a year after we first got married. Um, and then after that, there were, like, no other signs of life forming in me. Hmm. Um, I didn't know this. Yeah. So I— How far along were you? 
It was very earlier. It was considered like a chemical pregnancy. So okay. I was like five weeks is what okay. I was thinking when that happened. Um, and because I was tracking my cycles and testing, I knew that. But okay. usually it just looks like a missed period okay. to most if you're not like paying attention right. to your cycle. So um, I and I was having really, really heavy periods. So mm-hmm. I ended up going to see um, like a fertility. I think I, I don't even know. I think it was through UPMC, like their fertility clinic. One of the doctors there. I had some testing done, like blood work, hormones, different um, internal testing, and everything looked good. Everything was fine, and that's kind of like I went through that process to see, like if there was an imbalance, if there mm-hmm. was something, like why am I not getting pregnant? Um, Did they? Because I've talked to a few women who have gone through the fertility process. Mm-hmm. Did they ask you, one thing I've heard is they ask if you've been trying for a certain amount of time. Do they like have to screen you like that? I feel like. Yeah, there were those questions. Like they want to make sure you're trying to conceive for at least a year, I think it is. Yeah, it's like different. And it's been a little bit since I looked into it. But I think like if it's before 30 years old, if you've been trying, they want you to like try for a year before Mm. like reaching out. Or if it's like after 30 like six months hmm. it's like a time oh frame. i didn't realize I, the I don't age. know yeah it's silly it doesn't make sense to me but yeah they did those questions and like all the history and background mm. and everything um but yeah i just wanted to kind of see if there was like a diagnosis or anything that i could look at and try to heal myself mm-hmm. or or whatever that might look like but i didn't need to because everything looked fine in their eyes um, so I don't even know the time period of, of all that, but I ended up getting pregnant. Um, and I contacted them and was like, oh, I, I'm pregnant. So they came in, um, they had me come in for like an initial testing for an ultrasound. Um, and I did that. My sister went with me. Uh, we went and I had that done and there was like an embryo forming um, and I was pregnant and I was really like, I had a lot of anxiety. I was really Mm -hmm. nervous because I had a miscarriage and because like I wasn't getting pregnant and now I was. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of like anxiety around that. Right. Um, Because it just, I mean, you you were trying and wanting it to happen, but it just happened. Yeah. So it just, it happened. I got pregnant. We got pregnant naturally. Like I didn't do any like fertility medications or anything like that. Um, I was doing a lot of like supplements, herbal things and just trying to be healthy. But um, yeah, that happened and had the ultrasound. Embryo was there. And then I ended up going back. um, I think it was like a couple weeks later to see if there was a heartbeat and um, to make sure that the embryo was growing where it was supposed to be and not anywhere else. Um, And so I went to that appointment and heartbeat was there. Baby was growing where in my uterus where it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And I left there and I'm like, I just, I'm like, I I knew that the baby was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And we left. I'm like, that was stupid. I'm never doing that again. (laughs) Like I knew that like, God, this is all in his plan, and if it is in his plan, it's going to be a good plan. So I'm like, that just, I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. Um, so that was the last time I stepped into a doctor's office during my pregnancy. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
So And at that point you were I was like eight or ten weeks okay. pregnant. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's still early and we left there and I was like, I'm done. And at this point you've already been a doula for like, quite some time. Like two I'm trying to like like yeah, around two years or yeah. so. Um, just trying to think of the timeline. Yeah, it's crazy. One, nine months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to count on my fingers. <laughs> like two and years. Like, yeah. Yeah. So after so that. So you've been, you've been around m- multiple other births, mm-hmm. you know, experienced. You probably have more knowledge at this point than with your first yeah. s- son. So Yeah, definitely. So with just like being a doula and just me doing research and podcasts and listening and just educating myself mm-hmm. overall about birth and the process um, and just my faith and everything. It just, I just didn't see a need for it. Now, what did the doctors say? Like, did you just tell them I'm not coming back or you just never, like, how did that happen? I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I just, I asked They would them, hound you. You need to come back. Right. Because that's usually what happens. And they did. Like, they kept calling to, like, schedule follow-up appointments. And I didn't. I didn't. I don't even think I returned phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we left, like, the doctor or nurse, whoever came in, and I was like, so is there any reason why this would be, like, high risk? Because, like, mm-hmm. it was taking so long. They're like, no, like. You can, it's like, could I do midwife, home birth? Like, there's mm-hmm. no, like, issue. No. So it was fine. Hmm. And I was like, okay, thanks. Have a good day. And that was it. So so did they tell you your due date at that point? No, they didn't. Because I remember when I went in, I think it was maybe around 8 or 12 weeks when I had my first ultrasound was an internal one. Mm-hmm. And the ultrasound tech, like, hounded me about my cycle and how many. And I, yeah. we weren't tracking we weren't we were trying but we weren't trying Does that yeah. make sense? we weren't yeah. stopping it you we were just running it, it was, yes we right. were just letting it happen um and so i'd never been one to track i was on birth control before mm-hmm. we tried to conceive which i'm not returning back on because that's a whole that's i just feel like this whole, whole ex- podcast <laughs> yeah that, this whole experience just opened my eyes about a lot of things so i just don't want the extra hormones and things in me but yeah so i i just I use birth control and had regular periods, so I've never counted my cycle days or mm-hmm. whatever. And she was like so mad that I wouldn't tell her if I was 28 days or 29. Days. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. She's like, well, when, what day was your last missed or your period before the missed one? I was like, I think around here. And she's like, well, your due date's going to be off. I was like, okay, well, I don't mm-hmm. know what you, what you want me to tell you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, is that a, a big deal? I mean, I well okay down the line I feel like it can not necessarily it can be a big deal but when you're giving birth in the hospital typically like they don't let you, let you mm-hmm. air quotes go past a certain time frame like it's 41 weeks yeah. I think is their cutoff usually usually they try to induce you at 39 weeks oh uh, yeah they do they offer so, it as right. if it's a choice on the menu <laughs> yeah yeah S- sign up today to sk- schedule your baby's birth yeah literally like on your 39 week appointment i've been mm-hmm. in with people they did that like, to me yeah you can if you want i was like no that's mm-hmm. i'm okay yeah so like if your due date's off then like they if you get induced you can be inducing yourself way too early mm, true true and the baby i mean the baby's gonna come out when it needs to i think so right I I, I see what you're that. saying though, 
in per- the perspective of if you were if they wanted in an ideal world where they want to induce you mm-hmm. your due date would be very important because yeah they do it too early then yeah right all the extra risks and things like that that they'll throw at you going beyond a certain time frame so did you just calculate yourself because you'd been pretty much tracking yeah so i was so we were i was tracking a lot and then um like right before i got pregnant i i stopped tracking for like a few months because mentally it just wasn't healthy for Mm me um so i wasn't like tracking as much as i used to be so i it was like a guesstimate and i guessed myself when it was um, so my due date was January 18th that I came up with. Um, so I don't know. And when was Gideon born? February 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> so in everybody else's mind, they were just like, what? Yeah. You're going a whole month past your due date? Right. So that's I'm like, I think it's this, but I mean. He'll come when he's ready. Yeah. he He's going to come out and I'll have a baby at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they it seems like they just want you to stress out about this date. And mm-hmm. when, like, why would a baby know to come out on that date? Yeah. They don't know. No, they don't know. It's like a very, like, ridiculous low percent that babies are actually born in their due date. Right. So. But then everybody just stresses about it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was creeping up on my due date, people were like, is he coming yet? How are you? How are yeah. you feeling? I was like, good. He's still in there. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know when he's born. <laughs> yeah. I'll let, you, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is, like, a big thing. That's, like, whole, like, when I tell people, I'm, like, you got to have good boundaries around that because it's stressful on the mom, too. Yeah. Like, you're excited and anxious and mm-hmm. nervous and all, like, these. Uncomfortable at the end. You right. know, all these other things. All these feelings. <laughs> nervous. Like, like you want to meet your baby, too. Yeah. You don't know when the baby's coming yeah. unless you schedule it. But, uh, yeah, you're in the same boat as everyone else wondering. <laughs> Except for you're the pregnant one. Except for you're the one with the baby. <laughs> you're the one that has to push him out. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I think there needs to be, I think we, it just needs to be changed to like a due week or mm. due time frame. Yeah. The due date is outdated. It's <laughs> silly. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people. I'm like, give or take two weeks before, two weeks after is pretty, a pretty good rule of thumb, I yeah. think. Which is so nerve wracking to not know. Mm-hmm. I just remember getting to the end and you're just like, I can have my baby today. I can have my baby next week. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And you were yeah. like, every every week, every day, you're like, still no baby. Yep. We're still going. <laughs> still going. <laughs> and then um, if you want to talk about your experience with your home birth, mm, yeah, I think you are amazing. Oh. You birthed Gideon with your husband mm-hmm. right by your side. Yeah. In your home. Yeah. On your own. Yeah. After having a cesarean for your first birth. So that's two, you know, completely different ways. So yeah. I'm so curious. And I know a lot of women who have had cesareans are afraid to have a vaginal birth, right. like for their second one. So I think it would be really neat for you to talk about that experience. And Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to do any more appointments. Um that just wasn't the route I wanted to take. I didn't want to be involved with the medical system at all. Um, I did reach out to different midwives at first um, 
to talk with them, see if I liked anyone. I guess we should also clarify what's what's the difference between a midwife and a doula. Yeah, so midwife, um, they do, I guess you could say the medical things, like they can do cervical checks, they can, some can prescribe ultrasounds, some um, can do that kind of stuff. They are there for a, a lot of different things, but... Um, I feel like they're kind of the in-between of a doula and a doctor, maybe? Yeah, kind of. And there's different types of midwives. Mm -hmm. um, But yeah, for at home, like making sure the mom's okay, looking for signs of distress with the mom or baby. If there's emergencies, um, they know how to take care of of that. They're just as, if not more experienced. I would think they are actually more experienced in uh, women given giving birth and OBs and the ones you find in the hospital because Mm -hmm. they're there. They're there and they trust the process of Mm -hmm. birth. At least most of them do. Um, But yeah, doulas can't do any, like we can't do cervical checks, which I wouldn't want to anyways, Mm -hmm. but I can't like check your heart rate or blood pressure or um, like Doppler. I can't do anything like that. I'm there for emotional and physical support for Mm -hmm. the mom to get her through labor um, and the family that's there to support them. Mm -hmm. So. so if someone, a, a woman would want to have a home birth, mm-hmm. uh, but they also wanted a medical professional mm-hmm. there, a midwife could be an option. Yeah, definitely. They can, they'll be able to, I know that was a question uh, one of my moms in the group asked was if there were, if you're doing a home birth and there were to be medical emergencies, mm-hmm. you know, how would that be handled? But the midwife yeah. is there. Yeah, a midwife is there, and they are fully capable of handling situations that would come up. Um, And a lot of the times in birth, there are symptoms leading up to Mm -hmm. an emergency. Um, So there's different signs and symptoms of whatever that might be that would they would be able to recognize and um, handle. So either they would take care of it there, or you would get transferred to a hospital, depending Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, But home birth is safe for women that are low risk and and trust birth um so it's actually ideal it's easier to give birth in home than in the hospital because you're fighting so many different outside outside aspects of it um preparing mentally to go into the hospital out of your safe zone Mm -hmm. out of your home um but yeah they're able to help with any type of complications at home and whatever those complications might be yeah the fact that you said the giving birth at home is just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I remember you preparing me for the transition from being in labor at home mm-hmm. to being in labor at the hospital. Yeah. And looking back, that is where everything, my whole plan and things I wanted changed because I was in labor for probably almost seven hours mm-hmm. by the time we went to the hospital. And I mean, I was in so much pain, but Craig even saw it, you know, from an outsider perspective. I yeah. was just in the moment in pain, like I was sick, tired. Yeah. And he was like, I saw how you were handling contractions and everything at home. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we went to the hospital, it was like totally different. So, yeah. and, it, and it is because I wasn't at home. I could be, you know, kneeling on the floor, like, and I wasn't really in bed because I couldn't sit, but. Yeah. I could like be near the couch, you know what I mean? And then right. as soon as you're in the hospital, you're in this like hard, not comfortable space. Yeah. Like and the only where I, the way I, where I could be was on the leaning against the back of the hospital bed. Yeah. It was really the only place I could be. 
Yeah, it definitely it shifts the way labor and birth is mm-hmm. when you make that change. But yeah, that's there's a lot of unpacking there. <laughs> I know. And my whole plan was I remember Craig, he was he was trying to get me to stay so hard. My whole plan was to have you there. Uh-huh. Uh at home and to get to the hospital just in time to push the baby out yeah. and go home and everybody be everything be great. But like I said, once you're in the moment and experiencing it for yourself, things obviously change and yeah. Craig just was I before we even got there, I was like, Craig, he's coming out right now. We need to go to the hospital right now. He's like, Emily's not here. Wait. Just wait for her to come. She's on her way. I was like, Nope, tell her we're going to the hospital. Right now. Yeah, I remember like getting there. I think it was like around like six AM. And I think that's like what that. did me over was it being all night long. Yeah. Not sleeping. And that's the hardest part. Like exhaustion so yeah. is like the number one reason women transfer from home birth to hospital because mm-hmm. they're just exhausted. But yeah, that's it's hard when you're tired and exhausted. Yeah. And I remember you just you coming in and just meeting me on the ground where I was and you know just being there for me. And Craig didn't really know mm-hmm. like how what to do. I remember at one point in the hospital, he was just looking at me like to help and I turned yeah. around and I was like, "What?" <laughs> what like, are you staring at? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you can feel everybody staring at you. Right. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to help." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing like husbands or partners over they love you and care about you and but with having an, a support person as a doula mm-hmm in the hospital with you can be so important because they have that extra knowledge, yes. but they can never replace that type of love and care mm-hmm. and safety that a husband True. or partner has. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think I had the most perfect support system. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember leading up to, you know, when I was going to give birth, I reached out to the hospital to ask. Cause I know with COVID there was all these different rules with how many people could be there. Yeah. And they told me two, and you know, I thought of you as one person and Craig as the other. So I was mm-hmm. like, sorry, mom, we can't be in there. Oh, yeah, your mom was, yeah. She kind of <laughs> like snuck in but didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was so upset that I was going to have you there. But she understood. She was like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she just was there. Yeah. At one point, she just walked in the door. I looked. I'm like, how are you in here? She's like, I don't know. I'm just going to sit in the back and pretend like I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> someone tells me to leave. And turns out you were considered a medical part of the, like the medical, medical team staff, so yeah. you weren't my like other like person I could have so she got mm-hmm. to stay and so having you her and Craig there was just huge and so I could see how so many more women would want to give birth at home during COVID because I could not have done that alone yeah I couldn't I couldn't fathom being alone in a hospital and then like with all these strangers right too. telling like, you all these things that you don't know what's going on yeah yeah I couldn't I couldn't imagine it it, it crazy mind-blowing but what it was yeah Yeah. well yeah you didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. which is so weird because like what i don't know it's just a whole oh covid thing just yeah whole other thing but (laughs) back to your birth experience (laughs) i know we keep chatting i know it's fine (laughs) um so you looked into midwives but yeah i spoke with a lot of them um and there's a lot that I recommend and love, but I just felt called to do it on my own, and that's what I wanted to do. And I kind of like humored my husband, I guess, by like meeting these midwives and talking with them. And uh, I'm like, because he was more like, we should have somebody there, yeah, just in case, you know, right? <laughs> and that was like his thing, like the whole like just in case, like all the mm-hmm. what ifs, yes, like. And I'm like, well, 
A, do you even know, like, what are those what-if situations that you're fearful of? Mm -hmm. And are you even capable of handling those situations? Um, And so that's, like, like the men thing. They want to help you. They want to take care of you, and that's what he wanted to be able to do. And, I mean, he had a lot of training with being in the Marines and um, his training with that and, like, I don't don't even know, but – um, he had some yeah, sort of knowledge, right? About of different things he could help me with, right? But um, at the end of the day, he didn't have to do anything. I'm like, just, yeah. just be there, yeah. just be with me. Just, and I'll listen. tell you what to do, and you have to do that exact thing. Yes. <laughs> if I want you to, to get me. away from me, <laughs> please do. If I want you to be right here, please do. <laughs> right, and that's what it was. I'm like, just listen to me, yep. and so we like went back and forth. I was like pregnant I didn't I just had a wild pregnancy I just took care of myself as I saw fit and ate and took supplements and and took care of my body and self um and ended up not going with anyone and just planned for us so I did a lot of education there was a lot of mental work and um preparation yeah making sure you had things that you Mm -hmm. would need yeah. I wouldn't even know what you need. I know the tub. <laughs> yeah. Key. <laughs> I did have a tub. Um, but yeah, like all the things like to prepare myself for those like what if situations mm-hmm. and figuring out what those were. Um, and when you do the work and you understand how birth works and how the body works without interference, um, there are little emergencies that happen that would that would happen like there's there's actually not a lot of things that could happen in a normal safe setting without being intervened and interfered Mm -hmm. with um but i figured out like small things that you can overcome right type of thing without needing it to be emergency emergency yeah like they may things seem like an emergency when they're not maybe not yeah like having a cord around the neck yeah i was that was exactly what i was thinking of because that was Part of our birth preference was Mm -hmm. to do the delayed cord clamping. And that's the other reason why, like, we wanted, like, you to give us more knowledge about the benefits to that. Um, You know, it it gives the rest of the life from the placenta to the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was pretty important to us, but things happen so fast. And I I feel that we had an OB that wasn't super supportive of our preferences. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't. No, uh, she at wasn't. All. No. Um, and she knew that we weren't agreeing. And mm-hmm. I think she forced a lot of her preferences yeah. over that. And one being the the cutting the cord because she, it was so fast. She was like. It was so fast. It's wrapped around us head. I have to cut it. And we're like. And, she, and it just yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. And she had in my opinion, a huge savior complex and mm-hmm. which I see a lot in that industry in the birth industry and mm-hmm. the doctors. Um, and yeah, she did what she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think having a cord around the neck is an emergency. It's mm-hmm. not like w- at what point would second, it be? Do you think? I don't know. Cause like if you see a cord around the neck, the baby's coming out, right? You simply unwrap the right. cord and the cords off. Um, yeah. Why would it be so tight? that you couldn't do that i mean if there's a short cord Mm. um and like the baby can't come out 
anymore, I guess. Like there could be certain situations or if you would feel that the baby's in a lot of distress. Mm -hmm. I I don't know, honestly. It'd have Um, to be like in the moment. Yeah, I I feel like you'd have to go with your intuition and what setting that you're in Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But from the time that she like cut Cash's cord, Mm -hmm. like his head was out enough and his like upper body was coming out. Right. Where you could see the cord around the neck, she had to, felt like she needed to cut it right away. But from that point to like the three seconds later where he was, his whole body was born. Would not have caused a problem. Right. I think that she intentionally did Mm -hmm. that because she wanted to do what she wanted to do and didn't respect what you wanted. And I think she also, I think they were annoyed at how long I was taking to Mm -hmm. have him because I pushed for four hours. Yeah. And I think that was frustrating them too that I was taking too long, you know? Yeah. Because that's the other thing at the hospital. They, you're on a time, Mm -hmm. you know, what, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Time crunch. To yeah, you're on like a clock. A clock. Yeah, that was what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, they want you to have this baby in so much time. And sometimes it takes. I mean, I'm glad that she did agree that I was having this baby vaginally. And she didn't mm-hmm. ever bring up the a cesarean as an option. Yeah. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. But yeah, there's just a lot of things that I think she was just frustrated that I wasn't going along with what she wanted me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is very frustrating mm-hmm. and you see that a lot unfortunately mm-hmm. i see that a lot in birth work and that's why i kind of decided to step back from supporting in hospital births because yeah. it's just it's just crazy what these doctors are doing when they're supposed to be there for, for you for you mm-hmm. um and it's it, it it's kind doesn't... of hard because birth like a lot of stuff happens so fast yeah so even if you have a plan and you you don't want to do xyz mm-hmm. things happen so fast in the moment so yeah yeah there's it does there there's a lot that goes on and that's why like having a good support team and and preparing yourself ahead of time and um, people there to speak for you because yeah. you're in pain and tired and out of it and you're right. not going to be able to maybe speak or think things through as clear as you would yeah. in a normal situation. No, you can't. And, like, that's actually, like, proven. Like, you're, that type of, that part of your brain, that decision-making part of your mm-hmm. brain is not shut off, but your body's focusing on having a baby. Mm-hmm. So, like, that part of your brain isn't functioning the way it would be if you weren't in labor. So, yeah, when they are giving you all these things to sign or mm-hmm. check here, sign here, all this Asking paperwork. Asking questions, so many oh, questions. So many questions, a hundred of the same questions over mm-hmm. again. And it's just, yeah, to have people there that are on the same page with you is really good. So, yeah, we just, <laughs> again, we, we keep going on and on. <laughs> okay. No, these are good. It's, it's like good. intermission. Yeah. yeah. Um, good points to bring up. So you educated yourself prepared yourself for as much as you could yeah beforehand yeah and i did yeah i did a lot of a lot of research um any type of like emergency situations Mm -hmm. what i would do in that um if i were to transfer like what would that look like um and just a lot of prep and my husband Mm -hmm. saw that and saw my confidence and what i was doing um and he caught up and got on the same page with me mentally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if ever a hundred percent. I'm sure he had 
different fears, fears. and worries mm-hmm. in the back of his mind but yeah. yeah he was like all right this is what she wants to do so yeah and those never came up if he did have fears like they did come up in my birth space they weren't present and i couldn't tell that's great so um yeah he just ultimately trusted me and my confidence and all the work i was doing um so we yeah it was it was good we got on the same page we were having the baby at home at some point and we planned for that um and you know what honestly if you're gonna have your baby at home like you don't need to buy all the gadgets and special Mm -hmm. things like you honestly would have everything you would need at home right now if you had a baby yeah i remember you telling me that (laughs) i was like what are you sure yeah (laughs) i don't feel like i do (laughs) like for without any complications things like that that would be abnormal yeah you really wouldn't wouldn't need anything Hmm. um i mean most people don't plan for that but just saying (laughs) kind of want to you know keep it clean (laughs) yeah yeah because birth is messy it does get messy oh my gosh so messy (laughs) yeah um so yeah i bought i prepared mentally i had a lot of fears and i did a lot of mental work with those um and that's so important too like having those fears because those fears are going to come up if you don't face them Mm -hmm. and especially in your birth space while you're in labor those fears are going to come up and that can change how you labor and how you birth um but I went until I was 43 weeks and four days, I think. Almost 44 weeks pregnant. Um, it was crazy. And You're my, really ready to have that baby. Yeah. And I was like, the whole time I kept I kept thinking, like, what if he's breached? And I think that kept coming up from my first yes, birth. Yes, yep. Which would, that's a normal concern to think to previous mm-hmm. experiences, especially if it wasn't. had some trauma with it or had some you know fears in itself that's yeah yeah so I kept um I did a lot of what's the word like baby like belly mapping to try to like figure out the position where he was and I kept trying to do that and did a lot of research I even reached out to um some midwives or friends that I know and was like, oh, well, maybe, like, would you be able to, like, help me to check his position? Mm-hmm. And I, I never went with that because it just didn't feel right with me. Um, but he wasn't breech. I prepared to have um, him at home if he was breech. Really? So I did a lot of research with that. Um, breach Without Borders is a good resource for anyone mm-hmm. okay. in, interested in learning we'll about it. to add that. Is it, a, like, a website? Yeah, Breach Without okay. Borders. It's an organization. They have okay. a website. Um, there's a lot of education that they have on there. Um, but, yeah, I did. A, I feel like that's another thing that doctors scare you mm-hmm. into, like, oh, this baby's going to be breached. Can't, can't do it vaginally. Yeah. Well, and they're not trained. They're not trained to do that. Right. It's just not, it's not common um, that they do that. But I think babies know how and when they need to be born. So if he was breached, I was prepared to have him breach, mm-hmm. um, whatever whatever that would have looked like. But, yeah, we I did a lot of that, a lot of facing my fears, mental work. And I was getting so close to, um, I mean, I was past my due date, and I was excited and, and just waiting. And my husband was... Um, creating his barbershop he was brand new so we were in there painting one day um like scrubbing the floors painting and i'm like past my due date pregnant how were you doing i don't know i have a picture of me and i look so miserable painting and it's so funny like my this is what's gonna get him out yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna do it 
seriously because I was like on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor and I'm like oh, gosh I'm gonna give birth on this floor and have to rewash it again <laughs> seriously yeah I'm gonna have to clean this again uh, and that night we went out to dinner and I'm like having different contractions because I was having Braxton Hicks the whole time since the beginning of my pregnancy but these were different mm-hmm. and I'm sitting at dinner and I'm googling what does labor feel like <laughs> Like, everything that I knew just, like, went out of my brain. (laughs) That Google. Yeah. And I'm like, what do real contractions feel like? And I'm like, oh, you dummy. Like, (laughs) You know. Yeah. But it is. You you just, everyone says you'll know. Mm -hmm. But but then you're like, how will I know? If I've never done it before, how am I going to know? Is this, I I even questioned it for so long. Yeah. When my labor started. Yeah. It's. I didn't, I didn't want to wake Craig up too soon. I didn't want to call you too soon. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. You do know, actually. Yeah, you, you, you you'll know. And yeah, that wasn't it. That wasn't labor. It came like two weeks later. Uh, but that wasn't it. But it was a good like. Oh, these are. This is kind of what it feels my like. My body's getting ready. Because mm-hmm. with my first son, I didn't have any. I didn't have any contractions. I didn't have any like labor symptoms to say. I guess. Really. Uh huh. Did so. you? Was your C-section? like emergency or planned um so it was a little bit of both i guess okay i guess guess you could call it emergency um i was 37 weeks with avon my first and i was working with the midwives at mcgee at the time and i remember calling them because i'm like something like something just doesn't feel right like something's Mm -hmm. off like nothing physically felt wrong Mm -hmm. but it was just like my intuition my gut Mm -hmm. like something was like something weird so they told me to come in um i went in they did a cervical exam and i was like four centimeters dilated and his foot was like right there and they're like oh you have to have a c-section i'm like oh okay so boom okay i see um so yeah i didn't like have any that's crazy yeah four centimeters and you had no yeah that's what I mean. It's so different. Everything's different. <laughs> Every pregnancy is different, even when you are the one pregnant multiple yeah. times. <laughs> when, and when you're still you know. going to question if you're in labor, even if you've done it before. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you're in labor when your baby's coming out of you. Yep. Like, <laughs> yes. That's, that's when you It know. doesn't matter if you go to your 39-week appointment and you're one centimeter dilated. No. That means literally nothing. It means nothing because you could be like that four weeks or you yep. could have your baby that night. Literally. So... It's the fun unknown of pregnancy. But, yeah, so I, at that point, so barbershop, I was having some contractions that night. And um, I'm trying to think of the timeline of everything. But I started to lose my mucus plug mm. um, a little bit. I, it was probably around that time. I was starting to lose it little by little. Um, and I know, like, that's one of the signs your cervix is starting to get ready and mm-hmm. open and, and you're shedding part of it for the baby to come out. Um, but your mucus plug can like regenerate. So again, one of those things that yeah. means nothing kind of, <laughs> right. I mean, it means your body's getting ready, but <laughs> yeah, it's getting ready, but it could again mean nothing. <laughs> um, so I was losing that and there was one night, um, where Avon, my oldest, who was nine, Nine, eight, eight at the time. Um, he has like asthma, allergy issues, and he was having a really, really hard time breathing. Um, so I was with him that night, and we were out on the couch. Like he was sitting up, and I kept him like, ah, should I take him to the emergency room? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like up with him, like 
keeping an eye on him, mm-hmm. making sure he was okay because he was really struggling. And I was, we were up all night, and it was around 3 a.m. I went to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, there's blood and there's more mucus and all kinds of fun stuff. And I'm like, oh, yes, like this is it. <laughs> and I went from the bathroom to the couch out in the living room. And I tried to lay down again. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to bed because it's 3 a.m. Yeah. And cramping. Need to rest. Yeah. Cramping started right away. Um, and laying down was not comfortable. So, like, I just, like, kind of sat there and tried to lay there and sleep, but it didn't happen. I went in and told my husband. I'm like, hey, I'm in labor, finally. <laughs> He's like, are you? I was like, yeah. And he went back to bed. <laughs> so, like he, like, he can't do anything at yeah. that time. Um I think I ended up I ended up getting a shower and that felt okay, but it didn't do anything for me. I remember leading up to labor, anytime I'd have pains during pregnancy, you're always like, drink water or take a bath. And yeah. I was never a bath person uh-huh. pre pregnancy. I thought I didn't understand the whole hype on adults taking baths. But <laughs> then I learned. Uh, and I loved taking baths when I was pregnant. And yeah. so when I was in labor, I was like, I was just thinking of you. I'm like, Emily would tell me to get in the bath. Uh-huh. So I tried and I was like, nope, nope, this is not it. I don't want to be in here. This is not helping me. Yeah. So I knew at that point that the water it. wasn't for me at, that, at yeah. that stage. And that's the thing. Some people like plan and prepare like, oh, we're going to have this beautiful water birth. But like they get in the water and it does not feel yeah. good. So I didn't like it. No. That's, so I had a shower and I was just like sitting down, laying down and like walking around. Um and contractions, I started to, like, time them on my phone a little bit for, I think, like, the first hour. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, gosh, is this, like, finally it? But I stopped because I don't – I wasn't planning on timing them. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of value in timing contractions because I just think your labor is going to progress. If you're in labor, your contractions are going to progress mm-hmm. and your body's going to do what it needs to do and you're going to have a baby. Um, and I didn't want the stress of like trying to time it for me. It just focusing on that. You wanted to focus on your body and right. your baby. Yeah. Like that extra stress of like clicking my phone, like just seems silly to me. Yeah. Um, and I knew I didn't want to time, like look at the clock either. Like I did not want to look mm-hmm. at the clock. I did not know, want to know what time it was. Um, so my time of everything was when I could hear the bus in the morning, like the bus came to pick up the neighbor. Um, and that's like when I knew I'm like, oh, it's early. And then that's at that point, I was like, you need to call Mackenzie, my sister, and you need to blow the tub up now, the pull up now. Um, and I, for the most part, I was like standing and walking and in my bathroom the whole time. It just like felt like a good place. Yeah. So he did that. Uh, my sister came over and she ended up taking my son to like a med express or something because he was up all night and just not doing well mm-hmm. so we were up i of was course on, of all times i know i was like on zero <laughs> when sleep one baby needs you so does the other one yeah so and yeah zero sleep gosh yeah that's always just the way labor happens i feel like yep. you're up <laughs> always in the middle of the night yeah there has does. to be a statistic where it's like gotta be 90 percent something high <laughs> it is it's very high that most labor starts in the middle of the night Insane. because like, you're, you're, i guess you're relaxed mm-hmm. right yeah your body's in like uh that rest cycle mm-hmm. and i can't quote all the stats off the top of my head yeah but yeah it typically does start Actually in the middle of the night um so yeah i was like just laboring doing my thing just walking around and he blew the tub up filled it up um 
and it was in our living room. And for those of you ever have a home birth with a pool or a tub, I recommend getting um, a water heater. It was like an immersion Ooh, heater. I was thinking that, like, do you have to like replace the water? Yeah, keep so it warm. Sometimes, like, there's different pools and tubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get really expensive, like hundreds of dollars for a one-time use. Or midwives usually have them. Um, okay. And some of them will stay really warm, or sometimes you have to like keep refilling and adding hot water depending how long and when you fill it up. But the heater, it was like 30 bucks on Amazon, and it was like the best thing that we did wow. because it gauged the temperature. We could keep it warm, or we could turn it off and then turn it back on. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, so that was that was great little tidbit. Um, so I was in and out. I was in and out of the tub um, a lot on my hands and knees in the tub. Um, and I, I don't even know, like I was in there for hours, like in and out and in the bathroom. Um, and I was in the bathroom and this was towards the end of labor when I really needed my husband. I remember in the beginning, like when contractions were starting you just want really to be on your strong, own. I did want to be on my own. And I remember telling him like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this and texting my friend Sarah and I'm like I can't do this and she's like you can she was very encouraging she's also a doula I think I said those exact words to you too yeah <laughs> I think that's a normal thing uh-huh. for every woman to yeah every woman to feel that right and because I mean it's hard mm-hmm. um and they all gave me encouragement which was what I needed and it was just kind of like I knew that I could do it but you need to hear someone you need to hear from someone else yeah too. like that reassurance extra yes was helpful um so that was early on but i was laboring a lot in the bathroom and i got to this point and i'm assuming is what my like transition period was was the hardest part and i was holding on to like my husband like around his neck and shoulders and standing and getting up on my tiptoes mm-hmm. and like like just holding on to him and like anchoring on to him during contractions um, or like holding on to the bathroom countertop and just like holding on on my tippy toes. Like that was just like my anchor. Um, and that was the hardest part. And I did that for a long time. Hmm. So I was standing for a big majority of that. And exhausting. It was. After it was not so sleeping. exhausting. Um, I remember myself, I was on my knees a lot. That mm-hmm. was what was comfortable for me. And it, at one point, my body was just so weak. I was shaking. I don't know if I remember seeing, like, yeah. I just, my whole, like, leg was just, like, a leaf shaking yeah. and pain and exhaustion. Exhaustion. And labor shakes happen, too. So that could okay. could have been a part of, like, okay. labor, like, all your hormones and everything. But also, like, you're exhausted yeah. and your muscles hmm. and everything, too. But, um, yeah, so on to him in the bathroom. And at one point, he's like, maybe, like, you should, like, get back in the tub and I'm like I don't know if I can get there and so we he went out in the living room and I started to like make my way there and I had to stop because I was having another contraction um and I think I was on my hands and knees like crawling at this point I will get to the tub yeah from the bathroom to the tub which wasn't far it was probably like 15 feet but uh it was all it in was labor like a mile, that's so long yeah <laughs> literally and get to the tub i got in somehow um and i was laboring in there on my hands and knees and then also at some point i got to like my 
back, but I wasn't like on my back. So I was like sitting back, but my hands were underneath me. So like my butt wasn't on the ground. Like I was okay. like holding myself up because sitting down and having that pressure was mm -mm. no good. Yep. Didn't want to do that. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> um, and I could feel him descending and it was like the craziest, best feeling, like feeling him descending through the birth canal. Wow. Like, I could feel him coming down in my body and I kept, would, I would keep putting my fingers inside me like, is this his head? Like, can I feel mm -hmm. something? Are we close? Um, and it was his head that I was feeling. I didn't know what That's I was feeling. Right. But it was something. <laughs> something's there and it's coming out. Yeah. And I think it's a baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, so it was, I was definitely feeling his head in there. Um, so you're like, this is it. It's happening. He's coming. Yeah. So he, I was like on my back and holding myself up in like the weirdest position. And you can't like when you can't stop it. Like mm -hmm. there is no stopping a baby that's coming out. Um, and it was just crazy to feel him coming down with each sensation, with each contraction. Um, and I am trying to like breathe through it, trying to just like not fight my body into tense mm -hmm. and let him do what he needed to do and let my body do what it needed to do. And he... I'm trying to, like, think um, because there was no, like, time. Like, there's no right. timeline. You had no idea what time it was no. at this point. It was close. I found out it was, like, close to, like, 3, 3.30. Wow. Because um, I remember hearing the bus You've been going 12 hours. Yeah. Essentially. From start to finish, it was around 12 hours. And so he's, like, coming, and I'm, like, not pushing, Um at a, I don't know if we – The fetal we, reflex Yeah, we talked about thing? fetal yep. ejection reflex. Or, yep, that's it. So I really wanted to wait for that because I didn't want to force any pushes mm -hmm. um, when he wasn't ready. And so I definitely felt that. Like my body was doing its own thing without me. Because that's what the pushing. point of contractions are. Right, yeah. Your the, body like squeezing put, him yep. down and out. Down and out. <laughs> that's where you got to go. And yeah, he was coming and I felt him so close to the opening of my vagina and i was like ah, i was like it feels like my asshole's on fire <laughs> the ring of fire yeah and so my husband is beside me on his phone <laughs> literally he was on a ass Google on search. fire wife and break or wife and later yeah he was reading ring of fire at that moment he told me he's like yep that's it that must be it and i was You're like thank you uh-huh <laughs> validation me later. i'm like yeah that, that makes sense it was funny but yeah so he was there crowning and I'm like feeling him touching him his head comes out and that was like a big relief and I'm like oh, just like his head coming out and yeah. not just sitting there at my opening crowning that felt good he came out um and that was really cool so I'm feeling his head there and I end up turning over to my hands and knees and I could feel him turning because babies will make a turn. Their shoulders and body will start to turn when they are ready to, like, twist and turn and come out. Okay. And so I can feel him turning and, like, the fetal ejection reflex is what I believe it mm -hmm. was. And just, like, came that out. Last like, push. blasted out. And <laughs> 
my husband was there. He caught him. Um, he had a noogle hand, so his hand also was up by his face when he was coming out. Okay. Um, and his cord was around his neck, so my husband just, like, undid his cord um, and gave him to me. I turned over, and he, like, handed him to me. Um, I had him up on my chest. I was holding him. His color was great. Um, and I'd never had, like, that... Like, you see in, like, the movies or videos mm-hmm. like that, oh, like, relax, relaxation, like, soaking it in. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have that because I was so focused on him because I am I took full responsibility of me and the baby. Yeah. Um, so I was so focused on making sure he's okay, I'm okay. And he was. He was okay. He opened his eyes before he even had his first cry. Um, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, and I was, like, I was rubbing his back, just kind of stimulating him. Um, I – he let out, like, a little chirp, like a little squeak, gurgled cry. And then I did suction him. I used my mouth and just suctioned out of his nose and mouth with my mouth. Um, and then just, like, was rubbing him, talking to him. And he was perfectly pink, pinked up, and ended up letting out a cry maybe a couple minutes later. And I, he, it was cold in the tub at this point. So we got out because we needed to keep him warm. Mm-hmm. Um, still attached to the cord, to the placenta in me. And so I got out. I'm like laying on the floor. He was great. My husband ended up cutting his cord. It was white. It was ready to be cut. Because mm-hmm. um, we did a lot of like I, preparation of cutting the cord. Yeah. And when when? And, and all that. And so he did that. And I was bleeding a lot. Um, and the, the tub was very, the pool was very, very red. And I was bleeding a lot. And I was very lightheaded. Like I, and I just had a baby. Like looking back now, I do things differently. Right. Um, but at that time, I, he's like, can, can I call for assistance? And he's like, you're bleeding a lot. And I'm like, and I was very like, lightheaded. How do you know? Yeah. Like, how do you know? how much is because you're going to bleed after birth right so like how much is too much mm-hmm. how much is what you're supposed to you know what i mean yeah i think there's like a rule of thumb it might be like five milliliters yeah but five who liters. is measuring that right <laughs> i don't even know what the, it's like i'd have to google that you know? yeah <laughs> so like, i don't even remember off the top of my head anymore like yeah. what that is to be honest and usually it's like by how it looks and how you feel okay and i felt lightheaded like I felt like I was gonna pass out um so I mean like I just had a baby like I just had I mean a baby <laughs> did you see me I was very yeah like sickly looking <laughs> yeah like you just had a baby you just yeah. were in labor Your body forever. just gave everything it had so it. naturally I feel like you're gonna not feel 100 mm-hmm. percent. and I wasn't prepared for that I guess like I wasn't prepared for how I was gonna feel immediately after mm-hmm. um so I did. I'm like, yeah, you can. So he called for an ambulance. Um, they came probably like, I don't know, 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. So um, baby was fine. He like had the baby bundled up and they were like really concerned about him. They're like, no, we we cut the cord. Everything's good. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. He's fine. Yep. Um, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Help me out. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like laying there. And what I thought my... So he cut the cord, and the placenta is still inside me. Cord is okay. hanging out still. Um, and I thought my placenta was coming out 
when they arrived. And it ended up not being my placenta. It was just a huge blood clot. Oh, wow. It was just like a giant blood clot. Wow. Um, which is normal. Like, it's not an abnormal thing to yeah. have. I know. you. What's the size they say? To, that's okay after? It, it varies. Because, oh, because okay. so <laughs> like golf balls? I remember it being something, like, insane yeah. to think about a blood clot that big. But mm-hmm. that's supposed to happen. Yeah. And I reached out to... Um, a midwife um, who was so helpful that after, like, I was home and everything after the hospital, but I had a blood clot, like, the size of, like, the palm of my hand, and it was huge, and I was, like, a little nervous. She's like, as long as you don't keep having them, um, as long as, like, you don't have continuous, like, heavy bleeding, um, and I didn't. That was, like, it when that happened. But, yeah, so I... I transferred. Um, I had to go in a separate ambulance than the baby because it's just the rules. Um, Mm. My husband was with the baby because I wanted the baby to go with me no matter what. Um, And we ended up going to McGee and get there, um, asking me all these questions. And to be honest, I was so afraid to tell them. And I didn't tell them that I had a planned free birth Mm. um, because of just the way the system works. I was afraid for... CPS or Mm -hmm. them to there's like medically kidnap my baby or me being negligent um which none of those things were true right but we were there in the hospital and and I told them like you said you didn't really plan for this part of it so yeah I knew that like my husband was on the same page with me like with our our like not morals but like Mm -hmm. our goals and what we want yeah um so I felt confident in him answering questions and and making decisions for me and for the baby. Um, But I didn't plan for it because I didn't think that was going to happen. But, you know, birth happens and unplanned things happened. Um, And so we get to the hospital. I am in whatever area they bring me in. Uh, My placenta was still in me. I did lose a lot of blood, and I was still bleeding. I was, like, green Mm -hmm. in the pictures. Like, I don't even look like me. Mm and they wanted the placenta. Uh, I tried pushing out, and I just, like, couldn't. I bet if I got up on my hands and knees or something, I could have. Or mm-hmm. if I went by myself, I could have. Use gravity or something? Yeah, like, I just was laying on my back in a hospital bed completely depleted. Yeah. Um, so I did consent for the one, like, nurse midwife. She took my placenta out um and it was very low lying so it was right there at the opening of my cervix it was ready i probably could have pulled it out myself but i just wasn't in the right headspace Mm -hmm. at that moment um placenta came out and they wanted to do a blood transfusion because of the way i looked and felt and my numbers and and everything that Mm -hmm. they were running um i didn't want to do a blood transfusion because it just didn't feel right to me um i felt exhausted and depleted but didn't feel like i needed that or i wanted someone else's blood Mm -hmm. to be honest it just Mm -hmm. was weird um so i denied that we end up getting into a room eventually um the baby had to be checked in because it was just like the rules with the hospital like he had to be checked in there because he was a baby in the hospital with me um so he wasn't really the patient, but he also was. It was like yeah. a weird, weird thing. So my husband consented for them to do like a blood sugar check, mm-hmm. like a heel prick. Um, 
which was silly because he was fine. He was healthy. Yeah. He did consent to that, and he was fine. Um, They did, like, all the testing and stuff on me, whatever. We get up to a room, um, and then we have doctors, nurses coming in, like, asking all the different questions, um, all the typical stuff, like, how you're feeling, um, how you're doing, how's the baby. They want checking the temperature, checking your heart rate, blood pressure, all that stuff. And they were still, like, keeping an eye on me because of my bleeding. I was still bleeding. My numbers weren't ideal for what they wanted. Um, and I didn't want to do any of the newborn screening testing things right. they do there. Um, so we denied literally everything other than the blood sugar check. Um, and Which you can do. Which you can do. You do have a choice. Hospital policies are not law. Mm-hmm. And they will – we denied the vitamin K shot um, in the hospital – and we had a, so many different doctors and nurses coming in, mm-hmm. pediatricians. One woman told me, well, look up, look for bleeding, look out for symptoms, bleeding out of his eyes, ears, nose, mouth, penis, anus for up to nine months. Nine for, what? N- for nine months, she told me to keep an eye out. I've literally we never heard that. Yeah. I've never even heard of a baby yeah. having that. So trying Because to, you didn't do the vitamin K. Because I didn't want to do the vitamin K <laughs> Meanwhile, shot. in seven days, he will produce... The yes. vitamin K he needs to. Yes. And the vitamin K is not a vitamin, folks. It is. No. <laughs> it comes with a black box warning, um, and it's extremely toxic. So it's not a vitamin at all. And in seven days, they will start producing it as they need to. As they need to. And there's a reason for it. It's a reason why they're created and their bodies produce different things at different times. Mm-hmm. Um so they tried to come in and scare us with all these different things. Um, they tried telling us that it was mandatory that we do, I think it was a certain blood work panel screening to look for any, um, not deformities, but things like cystic fibrosis, um, different um, diseases, things like that, that they do like a typical blood panel check okay. at the hospital. Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to do that. It's not... A policy it's not like you you can deny you can deny it yep they'll um, make you sign stuff but yeah so at that point i'm like we need to get out of here so i requested for an ama which is a form called against medical advice and you sign it and you leave um so i asked for that and it took hours from that moment till the time we left because they I believe intentionally drug their feet. Mm-hmm. I had to talk with every doctor, every nurse, and they tried to wanted scare to make me. you feel like you were making a bad decision leaving. Yeah, yeah, definitely they did, and um, they wanted to know his pediatrician and like all the normal things. And mm-hmm. we didn't have one picked out because I didn't intend on taking him to one because mm-hmm. I didn't see there was a need. Um, if there was a need, and I thought there was something wrong, I would have done that, right. or I would have treated it as I saw fit because I'm his mom and I know best. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did end up leaving, go home. Um, I was on different, like I took some iron supplements. My dad brought over some liver, um, which is full of minerals and nutrients that I needed and just took care of myself at home. And actually I had CPS. Um, no. Yeah. I had them call me. It was like a week after we left the hospital after he was born. What? And um, it was, I just kind of like laughed because it was in the back of my head. Like um, a, a worry. Mm-hmm. And 
So I, the woman on the phone was so nice. She was very nice. She like was asking me about my birth and was like, oh, that's so awesome, blah, 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 blah. She's like, yeah, I just have to do this. It's a part of, like, you have to go through the paperwork to open and close a case. And she and this was because? So this was because they thought I would not take the baby to a pediatrician um, after I left the hospital. And she, because I asked her, I'm like, well, why? And She's like, well, the doctors there submitted this because they didn't think that you'd be taking him to a doctor after to follow up on any wow. care. And I said, oh, I was like, I'm not. I don't plan on to. I was like, I'm not taking my healthy baby into a place where you take sick babies. And he's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on doing that. And she's like, okay. So what they have to do, they they came, had to come to my house within a certain time frame what? that they got the report to make sure like, we have a crib. We have a place for him to live. And Meanwhile, we're okay. there are literal drug addicts yeah. who birth and have babies in the CYS calling them. Yeah. I mean, maybe they are. I don't, I have a hard time believing if they are and yeah. coming in to check if you have a crib and see. Yeah. What? And, and I get it because like there's, there's bad people out there and there's bad parents yeah. and, People do neglect their babies and there's horrible things that happen. So I get why that's in place. And I was so I was so glad to have this woman that had to she follow so through nice. and do her job. She yeah. was so nice. She came, um, was very understanding and we're not You had nothing to hide. There was nothing to hide. So. I was very upfront. Um, we weren't taking him to the doctor. We weren't doing vaccinations. We weren't doing any of that he still has never seen a medical doctor or pediatrician and look he's one and thriving yeah he just turned one this past week on the he's 22nd. doing all the things he should be doing yeah he's on his own doing great so that happened and that was like the end of dealing with all that of type of system mm-hmm. um but it was great i i don't have any regrets other than i would look into postpartum care more mm-hmm. than what I did. I didn't look into a postpartum as much as I should have and prepared for it. Um, I was really focused on like birth and the birth process and all the what ifs and, and the baby and preparing. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but I would do it all over again. And actually, okay. So like this is brand new. And oh. I don't even know. So I don't even know, like, if this is true. Um, I might be pregnant again. Oh, my gosh. I, what, <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it wasn't planned. Announcing this? Yeah, I mean, like, maybe I am announcing it. So, like, if you guys are listening, I told my husband this morning, like, I might be pregnant. I don't know. Uh, totally wasn't planned. Um, but if I am, I plan on going this route again. Okay. So. Eh, Loki a- might be a birth announcement. We don't. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I don't. I don't know. Um, faint. Very. Very faint. Second line. But Mine was. Yeah. Faint lines are. There. That's a line. Still there. Um, so I don't know. But yeah. There you guys. Wow. Get a sneak. Sneak preview of. So excited. If you are, life. congrats. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Me too. If if I am, I don't know. Um, but yeah. It's okay. It was just great. It was just a peaceful, peaceful pregnancy and ideal labor and it was just great i am in awe of you that you could do that on your own that's amazing it's beautiful it really is because you you did what what you preach you trusted your body trusted your baby and yeah and that's what and it came like in the at the very end of it it was like around 43 weeks or 
give or take around there, I came to a realization, like, my baby is going to come out of me. I cannot be pregnant forever. And I just, like, came to terms with it almost. Yeah. And that's when I think I dropped that is when my body could really relax. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, a mind-body connection. For sure. And that's when labor started to happen. And I just kind of accepted Amazing. that. And it happened. But yeah. Yeah. And anyone's capable, like, anyone's capable of doing it. You just have to do – you got to be willing to put in that work. Mm-hmm. And to kind of break down those walls and the things that have been, um, like, indoctrinated in us as a society and do the work for yourself because you're totally capable of having mm-hmm. the and birth you want. And you have the choice yes. to anything that is happening to your body. Yeah, it's... there's always a choice. Mm-hmm. Even if your doctor or hospital, if they don't think make it seem like there's a choice. Find a new one. Find a new one. There's always yeah. a choice. They mm-hmm. work for you. There's mm-hmm. plenty of providers out there that will support you. Um, and you just got to find one that you like and that works well f- with you and for you. So Or find a doula like Emily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will highly recommend you to anyone and everyone oh. because you definitely helped make our experience a more more of an experience that we wanted to have. So. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's, yeah. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you attain like your birth and pregnancy that you desire so and you did and uh you had that peach that literally saved my life after birth (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) like random food i like throw in my bag i'm like peaches granola bars protein bars the peach saved my life after birth i'm sitting there eating a peach nursing cash getting stitched up perfect better than like the diced like fruit cup of peaches i don't even know what they i don't even know if they would have that no probably not that's fine that was better well thank you for coming on and sharing your birth story and all your knowledge and just letting everybody know the perks of a doula because i don't feel like enough people know about what a doula is and the benefits of having one yeah Yeah, thanks for having me. I do have a workshop coming up oh, on yes. how to have a natural hospital birth. Okay. Um, so that's coming up. I don't know when this is going to be aired or not, but I plan on doing more of those to just educate the women in our society and locally. So, I love that. Um, when will it be? It is my March 11th. Oh, okay. My, this will be aired before then. Okay. My so mind we'll, is like going blank. You're like, what day? I don't know. Yeah. In March. So we have plenty of time. F- yeah. Facebook has it on my Facebook page, Emily Friedola. So you can look on there. Uh, reach yes. out if you have questions. But We'll share yeah. your information too. I appreciate that. For anybody to reach out, questions or, yeah. It's awesome. And I have a podcast like this yeah. that are just like real moms telling their real stories that's in what, life. That's what we want. We want to cover as much. We don't want it to be leaning more towards any way. We want you, everybody, just have the knowledge and yeah. just hear different experiences because it's different for everybody. Right. It is. Birth yeah. is unknown and it's great. <laughs> and then motherhood is just a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> whole other thing. Whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll, have, you'll come on again. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? We'll, s- we'll see. We'll have to have like a follow up follow up see what is happens. emily pregnant is she having another baby <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well thanks again yeah. we'll see you next time thank you